Hey nurses, welcome to the Nurse Doc Podcast, giving nurses validation, resources, and hope one episode at a time. Today on Nurse Dot Podcast. I remember the car ride home vividly that morning and everything was muted and slow and I, I was feeling this very unfamiliar, deep sadness. Joining us today, Sona Daldumian, a registered nurse with 23 years of experience, 21 of those in pediatric oncology. She will be sharing her experiences with grief and how it has defined her practice as a nurse. I'm your host, Kara Lunsford, registered nurse and VP of community at nurse.com. I am so excited to have Sona as our guest on this episode. I've known her for 16 years, my entire nursing career. When I was a baby nurse, I really admired her. She was the one on the floor that just always seemed like she had it under control. When Sona went through some of the crisis that you will hear on this podcast today that made her the perfect guest to speak on caring while grieving, I watched her navigate that time from a pretty close perspective. So without further ado, I'd like to kick off this episode and introduce my dear friend and guest, Sona Daljumian. I think I pronounced her name correctly this time. Did I, Sona? <laughs> Daldumian. 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 Very good. Uh, I, I was like, how have I known you this long and I've totally butchered your last name? <laughs> I hope you recorded that. <laughs> okay. So let's go ahead and kick this off with what might be a simple question Maybe not. What does grief mean to you? Wow, right off the bat. Right off the bat. I'm just going to come straight out of the gate with like the hard question. Just like what, what is grief to you? I had no idea what grief meant. I thought I've dealt with grief a lot in my lifetime, but I thought grief was this deep, deep sadness that just felt unnatural. When I allowed myself to grieve and experience it, it actually felt really natural. And I couldn't really find a clear definition of it for myself, right? You can open up a dictionary and look up a definition of it, but I'm not that person. I had to find my own definition. Nothing really resonated with me until... I read somewhere that grief is love with nowhere to go. And it just made perfect sense. I'm getting chills as I'm saying it. Because that's exactly what it is. We grieve for various different things. But when you're grieving for loss of a partner, a child, anybody that you lose that had a place in your heart, in your mind, in your life... You cared for that person. You love them. 
my definition of grief nowadays is absolute love with nowhere to go. We think about grief a lot around death. We think that grief is synonymous with death, but would you agree with that? Or do you feel that people grieve all kinds of things? I realize everybody is grieving and it doesn't matter. Grief doesn't have to be attached to loss of a life. It can be grief over perfection when you find out your child might be born with a deformity or you might grieve the loss of a marriage because your marriage didn't quite work out the way you planned for it. The happily ever after didn't take place. You might grieve the loss of the job, the perfect job that you were so good at, but circumstances led you to leave it. Grief can happen every day to everybody. And when you make that realization that everybody else around you is also grieving, it's kind of enlightening because then it makes your own grief not so horrible. You don't feel so alone because everybody else is in the same boat as you. I know you mentioned very briefly in there about your own loss. Can you expand a little bit on what you experienced five years ago? So um, I met my husband at the hospital where we used to work, and he was a brand new PA and I was a brand new nurse. And we met, became friends, fell in love, got married, had the kids, perfect family, perfect everything. Unfortunately, he got diagnosed with pancreatic adenocarcinoma. And after 18 months of chemotherapy, radiation, surgeries, I would like to say he lost his battle, like everybody says it, but it wasn't a battle. It was a war for us because he did everything and he did it with the perfect smile. When you're experiencing all these things outside of work and then you come into work, it's very tough to leave what's happening to you at home. And I found it actually not too bad until my husband relapsed. And I remembered the doctor walking in and giving us bad news. And Jed wasn't the kind of guy that got upset. Even when he was told his diagnosis, he was like, okay, we got this, babe. But when they told us he had relapsed, for the first time, I saw him upset. And again, we dealt with it. We moved forward. And unfortunately, five years ago, I lost him. And um, and the second his heartbeat stopped, um, I experienced profound loss. Um, even though I had experienced loss in many different ways, with patients, with extended family members. This was the love of my life. This was my soulmate. But I decided that moment that I wasn't going to allow his death to change me for the worst. I was going to allow his death to teach me lessons and become even better. Coming up in our next segment... 
all of a sudden, I don't have a husband. I don't have a dad. I don't have a mom. Oh my goodness, what is this I'm experiencing? One of the things that I find the most fascinating about your story, Sona, is that one of your earliest recollections of grief and one of your most profound recollections of grief is one that is actually tied to empathy. Empathy for what another family was going through. That you knew a family who had lost a child and when you had this realization that they had lost their child and that they were going home without their, you know, without this child, that they must be experiencing this profound loss. And it was that experience with empathy that was one of your earliest recollections of grief. So um, I had an acquaintance of a family whose child passed away. I didn't have a relationship with the child, but just knowing that a child had passed away, I was grieving for the family and the loss they were experiencing. And I think that's what stood out with me the most when I was thinking about grief and my experiences with grief. Imagine a long hallway with doors that are labeled with words like violated, abandoned, grief. And anytime we experience these feelings, we open the door and we stack a brick labeled with that experience. Judd got diagnosed with pancreatic adenocarcinoma. And then six months after his diagnosis, my dad got diagnosed with colon cancer. They both were going through chemo. Jed went through surgery, and then Jed passed away. And then six months later, my dad passed away. And then my mom started getting sick. And my mom passed away in November of last year. While I was still grieving the loss of my husband and my father, I was taking care of my mom. And then the pandemic happened, and then I was experiencing this grief over not being with my children, being the only parent, because then you kind of had to choose, am I going to be at the hospital taking care of patients who need me, nurses that need me, or be there for my kids? So there was a lot of guilt and grief with that as well, because there was no one at home to homeschool my kids while I was taking care of other people's kids at the hospital. I was grieving lots of things all at the same time. And I think in some ways, because I had so much happen in such a short period of time, it delayed real grief until this past summer. All of a sudden, hold on, (laughs) you're not working at the hospital anymore. I'm still a nurse, by the way, but I'm just not in the hospital because my kids needed me. I had to make life adjustments to be there for my kids. But all of a sudden, I don't have a husband. I don't have a dad. I don't have a mom. Oh my goodness, what is this I'm experiencing? 
Experiencing profound loss, especially when it comes in the form of back-to-back -back tidal waves. Coming up for air can seem impossible, let alone finding the strength to swim. After the break, Sona shares how her experiences with grief helped her connect with her patients in ways she never imagined. All of a sudden, I started experiencing PTSD. I kept it cool, but inside, I was broken. I knew exactly what this parent was going through. Hello, nurses. I'm your nurse.com girl. Are you tired, burned out, listless? Are you looking for peer support? The answers to all your problems are in this little website, nurse.com. Nurse.com contains community, allies, resources, and education. With nurse.com, you can browse your way to health. It's so easy, too. So why don't you join the millions of thriving nurses who have their nurse life all in one place and check out nurse.com today. That's nurse.com. When you're experiencing all these things outside of work and then you come into work, it's very tough to leave what's happening to you at home. I had to go into a room with a, with a doctor, into a patient's room. His mom was anxiously waiting for CT results. And the second we walked in, I could see her eyes and I could remember me when I knew it was going to be bad news when the doctor walked in. All of a sudden, I started experiencing, I think, PTSD. My hands started getting sweaty and my heart was beating out of my chest. And I kept it cool, but inside, I was broken. I knew exactly what this parent was going through. And then I kind of started thinking, oh, maybe it was a one-time deal. And then it happened again and again. And I was like, okay, this is what it feels like to be that person who's getting the bad news. And now I can relate to them so much that it's almost intolerable. So I came up with ways to cope with it. And I, what I did actually was I was very honest with the docs I work with and with my nurses. And I told them exactly what I was experiencing. First of all, for them to know that I wasn't running away from a situation, it's just self-preservation because if I'm not comfortable in the room, then I cannot give this families the support that they would need at that point in time. I had always told people, normalize grief. And now I had to normalize it for me because I had been going nonstop for so long that all of a sudden it was an uncomfortable place for me to be. And then I had to be my own talk giver <laughs> and tell myself it was okay to feel things and process them. And honestly, I was also very open with my kids about it. I was like, just to let you know, I'm sad and these are the reasons I'm sad. And it has brought me closer to my kids um, it has normalized the grief they themselves are experiencing um, because they had seen me in a different way always 
uh, because I try to not shelter them. I've always been honest with them, but I tried not to let them see the weaknesses because I thought they would perceive me like not count on me, depend on me as much, not tell me things if they thought I was having a hard time. But it actually has worked the opposite way. Now that they know that I'm not the superhero they made out to be in their minds, it has normalized me, so they're more able to come to me, which has been a pretty cool experience. Hey there, nurses and nursing students. We know your job isn't just a profession. It's a calling. Now, with Nurse.com, your nurse life is all in one place. Imagine a world where career opportunities are tailored to your skills, where you can find peer support in the Nurse.com app, the only networking site built specifically for nurses. Continuing education, events, peer support, and jobs? What more can you ask for? Ready to take the leap into a role that is truly yours? Check out nurse.com forward slash jobs today. Transparency, communication, professional boundaries are just a few ways we can create sustainability in a practice that can be so emotionally demanding. My nurses, being the amazing nurses that they are, didn't question it. So I got the support that I needed from my staff at that point in time. I think as long as you get the help you need and you're open and honest with your own feelings and your, what you're experiencing, that too can become somewhat tolerable. Because also, you're setting an example for the younger nurses, right? Because you come in looking all invincible and nothing is going to get me down and I got this. They need to know that even more seasoned nurses, more experienced nurses have their limitations. We came through a pandemic. Our world is completely different. They're recognizing and they're doing right by themselves and by their patients and by other nurses and choosing what's best for them and nothing wrong with that. What do you recommend for the nurse that says, I don't have any time to process any of this? I, we have one patient who passes on and, and then we admit another. And we do that day after day. And we either go to funerals or we don't go to funerals or we go to too many funerals or not enough funerals. <laughs> And there's just no time. There's no time to process it. I, I leave work. I drive home. Maybe I cry while I'm on my way home. But then I need to put on my mom face or my dad face. And then I need to take care of my kids and my family. And I get some sleep and I come back and I do it all over again. And there's just no time, which I think a lot of people say. And then it catches up with them at some point, which is maybe, you know, part of the whole burnout thing is that that lack of processing do you have any <laughs> do you have any quick tips for processing grief <laughs> uh -huh. you're so funny um 
I don't actually. I think you can only handle so much as a human being. It's impossible to keep going at the same rate and not think that nothing is going to give. Something will give. There are resources available. There are people you can talk to. And I'm a huge advocate for hospitals providing more psychologists, more counselors, peer support, right? Um, I have used my friends. My, I have talked to you. If you don't have time, that saying, I, I was that nurse that didn't have time because I had to take care of the next family and the next one and the next one. And if that feels right for that moment, then that's what you have to do. I don't have quick tips for that. But at some point, it will catch up. The saying you can't be a good caregiver if you're not taking care of yourself is very true. It will show in your practice as a nurse. You have to take care of yourself. If something feels uncomfortable and you're not ready for it, recognize it, figure out why is it that is making you uncomfortable. Talk to somebody about it if you want to. But I think in my case, when I have felt really uncomfortable about something, I have talked to friends and just go from there. And if you need to seek professional help, someone outside of the hospital where you don't feel like you're going to be judged, there are resources. Again, talk to your senior nurses, I think is the quickest advice I can give to people because they know exactly where you are. They know exactly what you're experiencing. And believe it or not, you do have time for it. You have time to sit with yourself and process whatever it is you need to process, whatever feelings. In so much of what you are saying, I hear so much vulnerability coming through. And I think that what you just said about being a leader, being a senior nurse, being a mentor is about showing that vulnerability, showing your humanness, saying, I, I can't do it all or I can't do it right now. You can lean in on your team. And that that's what's so important about our profession as nurses is that we are a team profession. It's why we can look out of a patient's room and make eye contact with a nurse we've worked with for 10 years or 15 years, and they know exactly what you need. They know there's an emergency. They know you need the crash cart. They know you need a break. <laughs> they know you just got pee in your eye. And I think without those strong relationships, those strong bonds, this profession would not be possible because it does require so much of us. The good ones will give so much of themselves and not for the money, not for the prestige or the accolades, but oftentimes just for the pure pleasure of knowing that you were able to affect someone's life in a, in a really extraordinary way a really meaningful way. And I think that that's what I constantly hear come through in the conversation we're having today is how we lean in on our most difficult times, the times when we are grieving, and we use that as a resource. We use that as a tool. 
one of the things on this podcast that we want to provide nurses and the public and anyone who's listening, really, is we want to provide validation. We want nurses to feel like you're not crazy. We get it. We know you feel like this too. No matter what subject we're talking about in this podcast or future podcasts, we want nurses to feel like I relate to that. That validates me because validation is a pathway to healing. And then to be able to have tools, like some of the tools that you provided today to our listeners, that's what helps with the sustainability of this profession, that you have more tools in your toolbox than you had before you listened to this podcast or before you went to work yesterday or before, you know. And then at the end, what we want for every listener is to feel hope. Welcome to a segment we call the Dot Spot, where you will hear more of your voice and a little less of mine. You can visit nurse.com forward slash podcast to share stories, feedback, and requests. As a valued listener, you will also receive discounts on nurse.com courses and CEUs by using code nurse.dot at the checkout. Nurses now more than ever before need help psychologically. As I mentioned it before, they just came out of a pandemic and we're not even out of it, right? But they're also going through something right now. And they need to know that everything they're feeling, if they're leaving the profession, that's okay. If they are changing into some other specialty, that's okay. Grieving the loss of what you thought your nursing career was going to be like when you first went to nursing school and got the pin and where you are now, grieving that loss is okay. It's normal. I think most of all what I want anybody that's listening right now to know that grief is a feeling. It shouldn't be taboo. People need to talk about it, normalize it, learn from it, and forge ahead when they feel like they're ready to forge ahead. I used to tell people, don't mistake my tears for weakness. Just because we're nurses, and I know we're all badasses, it doesn't mean that you can't be vulnerable and show those emotions. It's okay. And seek help if you feel like you need the help. And giving care while you're grieving, you're, you're like one of my peeps. You're my hero. <laughs> you're a rock star. <laughs> you're a rock star. But it doesn't mean that you can't also be vulnerable and have your weak moments. Anita Morjani says, sensitive is the new strong. Oh, now I learned something new. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh, Sona, I love you so much. I can't tell you how excited I am that you are the very first guest. I am? You are. I didn't tell you. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. So you are the very first guest for the Nurse.Podcast. And I couldn't think of a better person when we were talking about 
who we wanted to have on and what was the first subject matter we wanted to talk about. And, and you start with grief. I know. I go in big. I go in strong. It's only up from here. <laughs> Great. I was the down. <laughs> we can only go up from here, listeners. Just imagine where we'll be at week 16. <laughs> yep. Pretty high. Thank you so much for coming and thank you for being here with me. Thank you for having me. Love you. If you are a nurse who enjoyed this episode and you have an idea for future episodes, you can connect with me by downloading the nurse.com app. See you there.